What's up, listeners? It's your resident gamer, Ben, here. I'm taking a break between Fortnite sessions to record this intro. Now, if you've got your finger on the pulse, you may know that Fortnite just recently re-released the original map from, like, 2017, and boy howdy, is it fun to revert back to a younger version of myself. This isn't actually going to be another intro where I pour out praise on a AAA developer, even though the way that they've supported this game over the years is pretty astounding. No, instead it's made me nostalgic for my early years of diving into tabletop RPGs. Playing all sorts of games with friends, both online and in person, has been a huge part of my growth and development as a friend and human over the years, and I'm just so properly chuffed to be able to share this adventure with you listeners. It's a lovely little time capsule to revisit my days spent with my pals, and it means the world to me that you continue to support us. So, if you dig our storytelling or just appreciate our little monument to friendship, please like, share, and subscribe, and enjoy this week's episode of The Heroes Die. Hey, everybody, how we doing this week? Really good. Best week ever. <laughs> Big winner. Trying to be alive. My question, my question this week is, yeah. what is something that stands out to you as weird, bizarre behavior you did as a child, which looking back on it, you recognize your parents handling really well? I have examples uh, to provide context so. for this question. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I've got two because my parents were divorced and I lived with both of them. So as in all things, I must reference both of them. The first one is my mom really let me wear whatever clothes I wanted wherever I wanted to wear them. So I was in kindergarten and this was in the 90s. So enormous t-shirts were very much in vogue, but I didn't really understand what that meant. So I had a nightshirt that had Marvin the Martian's Looney Tunes on it. And my mom would let me wear that to school, even after I brought it to a camp one summer and tie-dyed it and really washed out tie-dye. This enormous knee-length Marvin the Martian shirt that yeah. I would belt Can off because I thought it made me look like an archer. <laughs> automatic shout out for night shirts when you're a little boy which are just shirts that are like triple xls that's all it's not a specific type of shirt just a big ass t-shirt and i big love the tunic vacation of it that's I, yeah that's cool yeah. as hell you yeah, are yeah. link in a tie-dye yeah, shirt slay on right yeah. robin with no cool. slits on the side right it, so it's i'm just <laughs> keep I'm it just tight wearing, just wearing a dress and my mom did not tell me not to and Hell I think yeah. that that is so <laughs> fucking cool of her. Also, do uh, you still have what Ben has called just a really large shirt that you could just now wear? Uh, no, I it it, it did not it did not survive uh, the last thirty boyhood. years. But <laughs> I think it survived a lot of boyhood. But uh, the other thing that I was thinking about was at my dad's house. My dad lived in a slightly more rural part of Connecticut, and I had what I called a rock collection, which was legit just rocks that I found in the woods. There was nothing special about them other than the fact that I had found them and I kind of liked them. And there was another kid that I was friends with at his house 
named Noah. And Noah also had a rock collection that was almost identical to mine. And he would come over and my dad would give us protective eyewear and we would just whack these rocks with hammers to see what was inside them. Spoiler, it was more rock almost the entire time. I didn't know how to identify a geode. We, there weren't geodes growing in like the forest. Part of, of the appeal. You never know where they are. Yeah, You never know where they are. And we would do that for a long time, like just hours, just whacking away at these rocks, going and finding other ones, exploring. And it was a prized possession of, you know, eight, 10 year old Sam was this, this rock collection of just, of just rocks. And my dad, again, never told me that this was a silly thing or that I, I shouldn't do it. And I, I give a lot of props to that. Anyways, here's the howtofindrocks.com rock hounding in Connecticut. Oh, it's also <laughs> easy when we have the internet. But. So just, I just want to, I really quickly just want to point everybody to the first quote of the page, which is that it's Durham in Connecticut where geodes can be most easily found. So Sam, you might've just been ahead of your time, dude. You're not, yeah. you're, you're kidding. No, I'm dead fucking serious. Finding geodes in Connecticut is hard, but not without its rewards. Some geode specimens can be found around Durham. Wow. And so, and just to be clear, I never found a single one. So wow. I was really fucking up. Not good at it, Sam. <laughs> Sam's going to head down there now with a pick and a shovel. <laughs> Make his millions. I'm selling geodes. And, yeah, I'm just going to open a gift shop. <laughs> <laughs> on the side money. of the watch, woods watch the money roll in yeah. anybody else morgan this was partly inspired um by the all-star parent move yeah. that your folks oh, did with the stinky good. cheese man costume hmm. yeah, oh, yes. was, yeah. I, I do think that was cool of them i don't even i don't know if that would qualify as weird but um yeah. i do know that in kindergarten i was at a school that was grades k through eight and every year at the end of the school year there's a talent show that there's like, and anyone can be in it if you want to. And it's really for the seventh and eighth graders because they're the only ones that have skills. And maybe like, you know, a fourth grader who's got his yellow belt might come up and do a demonstration or a sixth grader might play some piano. And I went home when they made that announcement and I was like, I want to dance. And my mom and dad were like, okay, what are you going to dance to? And I was like, Kenny G. Because that was like <laughs> something yeah. that I had heard at home. I knew that that like was a thing that adults listened to. And they're like, okay, well, you have to practice, Morgan. You can't just like say you want to do it and do it. And I was like, okay, play it. So my dad had a Kenny G cassette and he would play the first track. And I danced around in the living room for four and a half minutes. And they were like, okay. So they signed me up for the talent show in front of the whole school. I'm talking four or 500 kids, grades K through through eight and I'm in kindergarten and I was like the second act. <laughs> it's like young kids go first. Get them warm, Morg. <laughs> and I got up on stage in my uniform, handed my teacher a cassette tape, <laughs> put it into a boom box, press play. And I danced on an auditorium stage for four and a half minutes to the <laughs> lyricless tones of Kenny G. <laughs> Did you have any choreography or is this pure free form? I have to imagine it was pure freeform. I can't really remember. <laughs> you I had not really taken remember. any dance classes. No, 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 no. Never. And you don't dance to this day. Not <laughs> really. 
No, we dipped our toe in that pond and decided it wasn't for us. <laughs> what was what was the response like? I can imagine, but what was it like in your? I remember getting up on stage, and I kind of remember like the vibe I wanted. Like I kind of remember like being like yeah. smooth, sexy, Kenny G. Yeah, I don't really remember anything else other than that. But my mom says that like every seventh and eighth grade girl afterwards came up to me and was like. Oh my God, what's your name? <laughs> You're so cute. Yeah, mission accomplished, Mort. Nicely done. <laughs> if your goal is to turn the audience on, Mort had done it. <laughs> Just a lot of smooth saxophone and slow thrusts. <laughs> I guess I have, I have one other story that's like, I guess, more self deprecating. That's I, I'm a I don't more know. self deprecating? <laughs> Yeah. Uh, no, no, no. Trust me. So, um, I, I did one thing I didn't, I, I never, I've been lucky that I don't get sick a lot. Uh, when I, when I did what get is that segue? Kid, when amazing. I did get sick a lot, like, at, like super sick as a kid, um, I very quickly developed as a serious fear of throwing up. Like, I would get mm. super anxiety about vomiting, and it would I think it's really called phobia. Okay. Um, I, uh, I, I didn't, I think I, I realized though, at like, at like nine or 10 years old, that the things I didn't like was like being that close to the toilet, the sound being all enclosed, uh-huh. looking at it and then having to flush, knowing that like the rest of the family's on the other side of the door. Vulnerable. Yeah. And like, yeah. And it's just, I hated that. So the next time I got sick, when I was like nine or 10, I was nauseous and I just went out into the backyard and yacked all over the lawn. And I, it literally was so much better for me. <laughs> and so all the time when I got sick then as a kid, I would just walk out the back door and puke in the wow. backyard. <laughs> and and I, poor mom having to garden the next day, but I thought it was. I thought it was so reasonable. I was like, this is great. And it wasn't until like, I was like 16 or 17 that like <laughs> I was talking about needing to puke and going out the back door. And my dad like started laughing at me. It was just like, you're like a dog. He's like, let, <laughs> like, he out. <laughs> He's like, let yourself oh, out when you need to go. Dude. I can't imagine the poor grass too. <laughs> like the These stomach spots. acid. Like what is happening? Yeah. When he walks over, starts clawing at the screen door. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But they didn't stop me. It didn't stop me. It did not make me self-conscious about it until like the end of high school. This makes a ton of sense to me. Am I the only one who's like, yeah, why wasn't I vomiting outside? (laughs) I spent so much time cleaning up bathrooms. Yeah, you're not going to get it on your face that way. Yeah, like, fuck it. Go outside. (laughs) Morgan, you were a a little genius in both of those stories. Yeah. Your brief explosive dance career and your wonderful contributions to public vomiting. Rudy? I don't know. I guess maybe the stuff that I appreciate is just like, you know, dealing with all of my obsessions, like not telling me I'm weird for like when I was six years old, seven years old, handwrite, handwriting the credits to movies that I was watching and stuff like pausing them and rewinding them and pausing them to make sure I got the whole credits and stuff and everything mm-hmm. like, yep, yep. That's exactly the kind you of thing that? I'm asking for. No, that's fucking oh, no. weird. Um, <laughs> no. oh, that's um, like stuff like that, like, you know, taking time out of their day. I'm sure when they were very exhausted after work to like, you know, actually sit down with me and rank every single James Bond movie, you know, <laughs> like 
I was never made to feel like I was being annoying for subjecting them to things that I was thinking about constantly. Yeah. So I, I, I really appreciate that. Oh, yeah, dude. Okay, so Rudy, I had an extremely similar feeling about this question, which was like my parents just generally were like, okay, if that's what you're into and you're not hurting anybody and you're not endangering yourself, like be into it, go for it. And that was really encouraging to me as a kid. One specific example of it, though, that to this day boggles my mind for myself was when I moved to California, I insisted on being like into skate culture uh, when I was like nine to 13. Did I skateboard? No, I tried once, went down a hill, didn't love that. (laughs) But boy, did I love the image. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, I I never pretended I did skate. I just thought the clothes were cool and the color schemes were cool and the patterns were nice. And like, you know, rocket power was pretty fucking neat. Sneakers Mm -hmm. were so comfortable. You didn't have to tie them. Who's got the time? Airwalks. Yes. I was a Vans man myself, Mm -hmm. but yes. No, no. Um, but the puffy ones, not the original ones. <laughs> I was an, an airwalk boy. But it was really interesting because like I when I moved from Portland to California, I went to this like way bigger cultural space, right? In the nineties. And so getting to feel like I was at least like kind of a renegade and trying to fit in with like California was really important to me. And my parents knew that I was not going to be a skateboarder. So I loved the fact that they were just like, Yeah, right, you're into like punk music now, I guess. Mm -hmm. They supported the transition. I thought it was really cool of them because that's not something that is like central to me, this sort of like renegade feature. And the little piece of it that I got to grab was really important. That's awesome. That's beautiful. Supportive parents. Yeah. I guess let me preface mine by saying that I had worms as a kid. Like Um, inside of you or outside of you? Inside. These are the inside kind. Maybe this is not, yeah, so much a toleration. This is a, you know, a crisis mode perhaps is apparent, but um, uh, they didn't, they didn't put me out to the curb. So uh, for that, I thank them. Um, <laughs> but basically, when you're a four-year-old kid and you, you have worms, uh, one of the side effects is a very itchy uh, butthole. Oh, I just winked, winked to my butt. Yeah. There. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds itchy. And I, not knowing what to do with this information as a young child, decided to take it quite literally into my own hands. This is where my set of metallic bunk beds comes into question. Uh, I, I had the bottom bunk. My dad having, or my, my brother having the top bunk. My dad the top bunk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was the top behavior that I tolerated on my dad. Choosing top bunk, not sleeping with my mom. Uh, <laughs> from us, my brother had top bunk and my mom had bottom bunk. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Three Stooges style. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes we rotated, but that was pretty much it. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, I started a collection of these worms on the underside of my bunk bed as a kid. And, uh, you know, well, just sort of. Both kinds of worms. Pets <laughs> yeah. and inside you. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and we also had these storage containers on the other side of my bunk bed. And one time we had to get something out of, I think, change of sheets for the season. It was getting cold, so put on the flannels. And, uh, my, my, it was my dad and my mom, uh, reached out to the, there and asked, oh, what's this? <laughs> um, no. and this is when they discovered that I had been, yeah, quite literally dealing with my shit, uh, the best I could. 
Uh, it's smearing it on the other side of my bunk bed. Uh, so at this point, they they wisely uh, assume that there is a medical condition with me. Quickly take me into the doctor, get me on pills and everything. But it is this moment that I think of every time I consider fatherhood and ask, "Am I ready?" <laughs> For all the ups and downs that raising a young child could bring. And I think of that, of my dad reaching under my LL Bean flannels and looking up above him, but not stalactites finding no pieces of shit that his son has dug out of his butthole that has little worms in it and not immediately just putting me out to pasture, <laughs> taking me behind the barn, mediaing me. So yeah, tolerate, appreciate. I don't really know where it falls in that category, but it's certainly uh, big ups uh, to my parents. <laughs> That's yeah, the only thing you'd say, really big Charting ups. those stormy yeah. seas. Yeah. 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 Dad's a real one. A lot of life experiences <laughs> on the pod this week. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. Will Harold? I, you know, this will not surprise any of you, but I was like a, a sad, anxious child. And something that I always appreciated was that my mom would give me one day a year where I could just be like, Fuck it. I'm not going to school. This oh, today. oh hell yeah um, and i just stay oh, home and cool. play my n64 or like watch you know disney channel or fox family or whatever i wanted to fox news and it was just like yeah <laughs> shout out to fox family um, our uh, family in fox family there <laughs> and just deal with it you know just deal with with was there a term for it feelings. did you call it something no it was unspoken it was just mm -hmm. essentially like you know there was like i could just like look at her and be like i don't want to go to school today and she would mm -hmm. be like that's dope. I trust dude. you, and yeah, mm. that's, that's awesome. Sick. That's really cool. Yep, she's a great mom. Yeah, no kidding. Not finding worms underneath my bed, great. I think, but you know, I don't know if that's great. That's just again, yeah, the finding of it was not the great part. The not drowning me in the tub shortly thereafter, yeah, the better well, part. If or you or making you feel bad. Ben. True. Yeah. This is also yeah. true, and yeah. this that's does right. bear it yeah. worth yeah. noting. Yeah. yeah, they did not make me feel bad about this. They discouraged it. But <laughs> well, I've got no segue. <laughs> got no words. Yep. But last week uh, got a little bit dangerous. So a quick recap, because a lot did happen uh, that last round of last week. So at the top of the last round, a smoldering leopard stood up, crit Sven, put him down, connected with a claw to put him at death's door, then biffed its final attack. Leighton fired off an electric arc, which they were immune to, and then disrespected them in an effort to draw their attention away from Svend. Eugene stabilized Svend, missed an attack on the cat closest to him. Svend lay there like a bump on a log, and we went straight to the professor's turn. Well. After considering pouring a healing potion down Svend's throat and being ruthlessly talked out of it by yeah. Andruk. No, it was really bad. Never forget. Like that the was like I, I didn't want to say anything, guys, but that was that was actually internet bullying that you guys were doing, and I. You know, <laughs> I think you fucking mean cyberbullying. Yeah, cyberbullying. We can. Oh, there you go. We can. We Junk can do dog. the apologies offline, but I. I just wanted to say it. <laughs> I'm not fucking apologizing. <laughs> <laughs> Will's gonna swap me now. Yeah. <laughs> the professor moved into the room and also tried to distract the cats with a very strong action. Jesus Christ. Antruk retrieved his bow that he dropped in the earlier round and put the cat most clearly threatening Sven down. We did forget one thing, however. We skipped the other cat's turn. Oh. Oh. 
That's a shame you remembered that. Yeah. There were a couple back channel conversations about that. <laughs> yeah, there sure were. <laughs> couple uncertainties, couple checkbacks. Yep. Yep. No, I, I think that that's good. And uh, I appreciate you all letting me figure this out on my own growing experience. <laughs> yep. Yeah. As a genius. experience, bud. Yeah. Proud of you. Yeah. Yeah. So you told him, Will? I said nothing. I did notice I said nothing. I want I want everyone to know <laughs> that. Snitch. <laughs> Why are we dead all along? Thank God. Snitch. Sorry, I had to make the first accusation because otherwise you know it's coming back at me. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it was going to be one of the two of us, Cole. Let's be homework Jones over there. Yeah. <laughs> Will's the kind of kid who would remind the teacher you got homework and then not show up. Yeah. <laughs> There's a pop quiz tomorrow. Mom, I don't want to go to school. <laughs> Coming in at Eugene with its jaws. Oh, no. Dodge well, my friend. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yep. That is a 19 to hit. Miss. Yes. yes. That is indeed a miss. Coming in with the jaws again. Second Fucking attack. Butterfeet, dude. Nice work. Attack number two is a 19 as well. Oh, yes. Eugene. Just double checking. Nothing's <laughs> wrong with Eugene right now, is there? Nope. Uh, emotionally? Physically? And what the hell? We're going to swing just in case we get that nat 20 jaws the third time. Put that smile away. We got a 21 to hit on a natural 19. It hits. Looking at that, it's going to be six damage plus four points of fire damage and you are grabbed my friend you are grabbed end of the round top of round four Leighton it's your turn you want to keep getting these kitties attention (laughs) yeah yeah no thanks so much you really respected that choice last round um if I want to duck inside the paddock here Sam first of all would it give me flanking given how that fence is and second of all what do I have to do about grease so you can take a step in Greece. You're allowed basically to take a five foot step. But if you want to get into there, you're going to need to roll acrobatics or a reflex save. Mm, no. Okay. Leighton is going to 5, 10, 15 down to the south, ducking and pushing his way through to get below this leopard and has out his spear his extremely reliable and beloved spear that we all know and use. Mm-hmm. Natural one on the first attack. Well, nope. Signature. Seems appropriate really? there. <laughs> does seem appropriate. Also, this does sort of change my image of what Leighton looks like walking around. <laughs> well, it's his, it's his old like walking stick that he has sharpened at the right. top. Right, yeah. right, right. And the, yeah, well, fuck it. The second go round. No, I think an 11 total uh so Leighton does some really awkward acrobatics to get himself down here and then just clangs spear on fence ha 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 oh go that is Leighton's turn with a move and a couple of attacks Eugene you're up what am I seeing when I'm looking at this kitty you are seeing a black cloud that sort of emanates around it you know smoke you can see the cat within it but it obscures it somewhat when you look at it you're seeing like fiery red eyes when its jaws come at you you're seeing cinders belching up from the back of its throat it's dealing fire damage so does that explain it or are you looking less flavorfully and more like is it wounded 
that's helpful. And then, yeah, I'm curious, like status wise, how does it seem like it's doing? It seems like it's doing all right. Yeah. Uh, is there a way just to safely take a step five feet south just to there? You are grabbed. You are immobilized. That's bad. Okay. Yeah, I don't. Uh, you can try to break um, out of that grab. Yeah, I think I gotta try and I try and break free. Sam, what am I rolling? You're rolling athletics. Sick. Let's try and get out of this. It's a nine on the die for a seventeen. A seventeen? That's a tweener right there, dude. Does not make it. Dang. I can't try more than once in a turn. Yeah. You can. The only thing that you want to be aware of is that it is technically an attack roll. It has the attack trait. So you're going to take the iterative attack penalty on it. Okay. I'm going to try again. Uh, I won't do it. Two actions down. Is there a third iterative penalty or is it just one penalty per turn? It goes down each time by the same amount. So the third time you roll an attack roll, it's going to be minus eight when it's finesse. Yeah. Eugene's going to look at everybody grabbed by this cat and on the verge of death and beg them for help. <laughs> oh, God. Understood. <laughs> <laughs> it's very descriptive. Oh, God. <laughs> no, no. You know, roll diplomacy on that. See if they take it seriously. <laughs> Do we listen? I can't hear you over the cat's gnashing teeth. Yeah, perception to sense motive. All right. Head lifelessly rolls over to look at his friend. <laughs> that, uh, Morgan, you had you had one action left over, right? Yeah, I don't want. It is do one it. action to recall knowledge. Okay. It is religion was the DC. So if you want to try that as your last action instead of burning it, you're welcome to. Sure. Sixteen. Sixteen does not hit the DC for these creatures, and nothing has changed. Professor, it is your turn. All right, so the professor's going to... Like Leighton is also going to bust out a weapon he doesn't use very often. He's going to bring out his sling. Ooh. Let's go. Let's get involved, baby. Yeah. Yep, yep. Time to get physical. Yep, yep. Physical. The, ca- the casters are using martial weapons, right. folks. That's oh, where we're at. It is <laughs> We are low. End of the day. <laughs> and they have a lot of energy resistances. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So, good. so Sam, would I um, have any um, obstructions if I shot through here? Because Sven's on the ground, right? Mm-hmm. Sven is on the ground. Andruk is kind of in the way. You can't get a... Uh, you, you think you got a pretty clean shot. Maybe they're getting a plus one to their AC. Oh, damn it. So are they? Or like, maybe are yeah. they? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, because that's going to determine an whether or not I move. Take a take a step, Rudy. Take a stance, Sam. <laughs> yep. You are now definitely <laughs> not having moved five feet to the west. You have a clear line of sight. All right, guys, here we go. Beast. Oh, what we got? Twenty-seven to hit. Oh, let's go. <laughs> Twenty-seven to hit is nineteen on the die. Just a hit All or that- a critical hit? Just a hit. Okay, all right, fair enough. All right, here's that sweet 1d6 minus one action. (laughs) Four points of, uh, let's see, what kind of, bludgeoning damage. Four points of bludgeoning damage. That's large. Where's the minus one coming from? This is entirely... My strength modifier. Should you have that on your sling? It's a a propulsive weapon. 
just throws uh, the rock slower add, than the average. Add half your, add half. This is so. This is what's fucked up about. Okay, what is this? Add, what does this look like? Wait, I just want to read this this rule because it's a very, it's a nice little slap in the face. Uh, you add your half half your strength modifier, if positive, to damage rolls with a propulsive ranged weapon. If you have a negative strength modifier, you add your full strength modifier. Yeah, it's offensive to a whole bunch of uh, ancestries. So yeah, so the professor pulls out pulls out his sling. It does a little, you know, Davy and Goliath twirl over his head. Says, "Ah, I still remember how to use these from when I was a." Small hobbit, and he uh, sends it flying, and I, I imagine it uh, it conks the uh, the leopard on top of the head. Maybe that'll distract it. It absolutely conks the leopard on the top of the head. <laughs> Get conked. Get conked. The professor that's a move, a single attack. I'm gonna do another attack. There you go. I got Ooh, twenty of these, baby. Stones. <laughs> so got yeah. yeah, tough to reacquire out in the wild too. Those stones. Ben, it actually, it's actually really easy to find rocks, so long as you don't care what's inside them. I can that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think this, I'm pretty sure this will miss. It's a 13 to hit. 13 to hit is a miss. Yeah. Professor, that is your turn. Getting out there with the sling. Love to All see right. it. Andrew, right. do you want to show him how it's done? Yeah, I mean, I think Druk's going to try to follow the professor's lead and, and go, hey, pay attention oh, to me. No. Yeah. Um, and uh, take some shots at the at the. Oh, thank God! You know, <laughs> oh, you're truly just getting distracted. I was sorry, not just Sven. Did you not feel safe in our hands? No. Um, <laughs> so Weird. Attacking at plus eleven is a uh, twenty-eight to hit. Mm. Twenty-eight to hit is a hit. Oh, natural one on that. Uh, it is not a crit because the cat is not frightened any longer. And I don't believe there are any other impingements on its AC, just impingements on its movement. Okay. I'm leaving it right there. That is the rule. That is the ruling on the floor. Three points of damage. Three. And then uh, attacking once again. Oh, that's not good. Natural one. That's, that's a, a miss, miss, brother. That is a miss. And then he's Rick's going to yell at Eugene as, a par- as guidance. Find the strength within you, Eugene. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, he's that cheesy. And uh, that's going to give you a plus one to your next roll attack or otherwise. I like that guidance is now distance. And it, it is just one action. It's just verbal. Yep, Harold? Just verbal. All right. This leopard has its jaws clamped tightly around Eugene. He is grabbed. And it is going to go into its scorching maul first attack. Ooh! You are flat-footed when in its jaws, I should mention. Tight. That's a minus two to AC, but still. It's fine. That is a 17 to hit. <laughs> Ooh, that's a miss. Just misses. <laughs> Coming in with the second claw. 22 to hit. Yeah, Eugene gets hit. That is five points of regular damage and three points of fire damage. He is down. He is down. What dying condition are you at? Uh, this would be the first one I pick, so one. Because he was he got battle medicine, so he doesn't have the wounded condition. 
That's so great. he's just, just dying one. Just, yeah, just wanted to remind myself. Yep. Thank you. Dying one. That's not so that's too bad. Action ah. one. Action he's just two. a little dead. It's still good. It's it's still we have no way to heal him, and he's the only person who can cast Stabilize, but you, you know, I'm sure we're fine. Yeah, it'll work out. Yeah, we're fine. We're fine. It is then. Leighton, you did no damage to it. You're right there. Spear in hand. Very threatening. Shot it it with a couple arrows. And the professor is all the way up there. I'm going to roll a d6. I I can't make this call. One, two, Leighton. Three, four, Andruk. Five, six, the professor. Six. It's the professor. I'm imagining the professor's in the corner of the room like the lawyer in Jurassic Park, like just watching this yeah. leopard coming straight <laughs> towards him. <laughs> now, now, now about that sling bullet. <laughs> <I> just, <laughs> uh, good kitty. Uh, it's going to use its pounce ability. <laughs> and <laughs> needs to roll an acrobatics check in order to stay up. Whew. Well, that should be tough for this cat. That is a 16. Morgan, your spell save DC, if I remember correctly, is 17. Why are we still talking about me? I thought I was attacking the professor. <laughs> <laughs> Morgan, your what grease is still... I... Your grease is still active, Morgan. Oh, yeah. My spell attack DC is 17. Oh. Yes, Morgan. Oh, that's a yes. slippery cat. That is a slippery cat. Zoinks! Falls down. Needs some work? We'll put the wrench on him. Oh, damn it! I wanted to hit the professor. That is the end of round four, the top of round five. You still got one stubborn leopard. It's on its back in the grease. Eugene still doing work despite being almost dead. Smoldering leopard two, we can take that one right out of the initiative order. It's dead. Leighton, it is your turn. Oh, Eugene, I hope you're alive, but please don't open your eyes. And Leighton is going to stab down at the prone cat at his mm-hmm. feet. Mm-hmm. Take, take, taking a ding to the AC here. Like a natural two-level ding, or like, uh, what do you think? I don't think it's a natural <laughs> two-level ding to the AC. Cool, cool. We're going to try that again. Not. Yep. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Uh, hmm. 14? 14. With the attack penalty. 14 is a miss. Oh, fuck. Uh, fine. I'm going to roll a knowledge check. Fuck it. Oh, hey, another natural one. So, you know, Layton. Layton's going to take a day. He's... Oh man, I'm just so nervous. I'm just so nervous. I could have done yes. such violence. <laughs> Eugene, it is your turn. You are dying one. You need to roll a flat check, DC eleven. Or what? <laughs> you take you advance on the dying condition track, so you'd be dying two. And dying three, if you get to dying three, you're done done. Dying four. Dying four. Oh, I'm fine. Yeah, exactly. That's what we said. Does anyone know if Guidance would have packed uh, Here we go. Check? That's going to be an eight on the die. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Guidance does not affect flat checks, I don't believe, Harold. I think flat check is just roll the die. Okay. So, Eugene is at dying two. That's not great. Sven knows a little bit about it. Sven, you are stable but still down. It is the professor's turn. These rounds are going quicker as I put you down. <laughs> it's less and less people are playing the game. <laughs> Just let me die. <laughs> let me die. The professor, what are you going to do? All right, I'm going to hit him with the sling again. 24. 24 what? is a hit. Yes. Three points of bludgeoning damage. 
three points of bludgeoning damage. The professor is singing for his supper. Going again. Go again. Natty one. You don't uh, go not again. hitting on a natural one. Not hitting on a natural one. And I already rolled, I think, a knowledge religion check on these cats in the last episode, so I can't roll one now, right? If you burn a hero point, I'll let you. Well, I don't have a hero point to burn. And Sam really wants us to know something about these cats. No, I'm just, I'll just, uh, you know. So it's at a minus 10 now, right? If I do three attacks? Yes, minus 10. Okay, so that'll miss. That is a bummer. The professor, it is no longer your turn because it is Andruk's turn. Andruk, what's up? Yeah, I mean, okay. Druk's real upset. About what? About the fact that two of his friends have dropped to the floor and potentially his longest friend, Detris, is also in big distress in this in this monastery. He's not doing well, like, emotionally. Three actions for take a moment? Uh, yeah. What's the benefit to that? Um, I mean, honestly, up to Druk. A healthy yeah. psychology? Yeah. yeah boundless um, in the long term. <laughs> Druk's gonna uh, drop his bow, pick up his sword move 10 feet to the south right next to the cat and take some swings at it. Hopefully it will pay attention to me moving forward. That's a 15 to hit. Real garbage. Just garbage. That's a miss. Okay. That's it. Drop. Draw, move, attack. There it is. It's the smoldering leopard's turn. Good try, Will. It's got two opponents right next to it it is going to stand up move action uh attack of opportunity mm-hmm. nice just another garbage roll 17 to hit 17 Ooh, this is a question is it flat-footed while standing i think i will rule right now that it is and it is no longer flat-footed after it stands up fully it's that makes sense again. to me right now. Because yeah. the grease is still there, even though it's taken. Mm-hmm. Um, the gre- no, not because the grease is still there, but it takes an attack penalty when it's... Or it takes an AC penalty when it's prone. So I'm going to say that until it has taken the action to stand up, it is taking that flat-footed condition. That is going to apply to all of you moving <laughs> forward. Now, if Great. somebody wants to speak against that, now is the time. I'm, I'm not exactly sure what you're saying. I'm sorry. So he's a prone right now, right? Or he's up? He is prone. Okay. He is taking a, a, a move action to stand up. Oh, I see what you're saying. I got you. In this, in this transition period, it is still going to take that flat-footed penalty yeah. for this action. It Which will makes provoke. sense because you're concentrating on getting up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, it is vulnerable. I think the reality there is cool. Yeah, that, that makes sense to me. A 17 hits. Uh, three points of damage. Three points of damage. And that makes this decision a lot easier. By a thousand cuts. As it comes in with its jaws right at you. That is a 13 to hit. Absolute garbage. It's a natural one. That is a natural yeah. one coming in for the second attack with the jaws. 15. That is yes. a miss, I believe. And third attack is a 13. Garbage, garbage, garbage! The Smoldering Leopard, an ineffective turn. The end of round five, the top of round six. Leighton, you're leading us off. What you doing? Stand strong, Andrew. 
Um, and I'm going to clap you on the shoulder and give you a plus one to saves and AC against this leopard um, cool. that is attacking you. And then take a fucking stab. And what's that called? Forbidding Ward? That's right. Um, Sam, we also have not rolled concealment on any of our hits. Oh, dear. Yeah, that's long gone at this point. I think it's all greasy. We can clearly see it. The grease is outlining it. I'll I'll have the ones from this round re-rolled. So, Professor, give me a DC 5 flat check on that last three points of damage. 16. You got it. Harold, on that attack of opportunity, give me a D20 roll. Oh, that was a 13. You got it. All right. So, nothing bad happened. Cole, thank you for keeping me honest on that. We're rolling concealment it. what? Because it's like wispy. In the oh, cloud I of smoke. Right. I got you. I got you. It's smoldering. It's smoldering. Layton, what was your attack? Oh, why even ask? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Is that the end of your turn, or do you have something uh, else going on? No, he gave a real firm pat on the back and then twirled his spear in his hands and slammed it into the ground. Got it. Eugene, you're up and roll a DC 12. <laughs> It's very hot up. Anything but real. DC 12. See how much flat more check. blood he coughs up. Does it wrong. go up? Does it go up on each time? Is that how it works? Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, here it we is go. 10 plus your dying level. Hadouken! That's an 18! Nice. <laughs> Let's go. You are stable. You are stable indeed. Take that X off of you. Sven is stable too. We can. You know what? It just looks so good on Sven. We'll leave the X on Sven. <laughs> And then I lose all of the dying conditions, but I'm wounded one now. Is that right? You are wounded one now. Yes. Spend still painted with a big red X through his turn. The professor, you're back up. Guys, is it just a serious question? Is it worth? Is it better to keep chipping away here, or, is it, or should I try to uh, pour that uh, my healing potion down Eugene's throat? Well, you got one other dying ally in between you and Eugene. So no, 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 no. Sven's long gone, you know. He's <laughs> <laughs> barely been in this episode anyways. Might as well, audiences forgot about him at this point. How'd that accent go? Heard the birdie boar or something like that? Um, yeah, I don't care. Rudy, Rudy, just make an acrobatics check to step over him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Slip on his blood. Alright, I'm gonna ch- keep chipping at. Let's try. Alright, here we go. I have to do a concealment roll, right? Uh, roll to hit first. 26. 26 is a hit. Absolutely. And now roll that concealment. DC 5 flat. 10. And you got it. Roll, roll damage. Four points of bludgeoning damage. Four points of bludgeoning damage. Chip, chip, chip. We're going to keep them going. Yeah. We're going to keep them going. Absolutely. That is your first action. Second action. Honk, honk. 21 minus 5 is 16. 16 is a miss. Fuck. All right. So, um... All right, we'll do one last one. Ah, fuck. Damn. No. Yeah. 15. Basically a natty 20. That is the professor's turn. Andruk, you're up. You got a sword in hand. Yeah. um, Druk's going to, I think, take an action to to draw his shield again and then take another swing with his sword. Heard. Ooh, that's a 25. 25 is a hit. Roll roll concealment. DC 5 flat. Uh, It's 11. All right. Nice. You got it. Let's go. Uh, so that's seven points of damage. Hold a six on the D6. Ooh. There you go. Max damage. Seven points of damage. 
Now you've basically become impossible to hit, but the leopard doesn't Hold understand that. Hold on, I've got one that. action left, don't I? Ah, sure, if you want to take it. Yeah, I'm going to raise my shield. Raise your shield. What's your AC right now? 23. 23, wow. my goodness. Impenetrable, baby. My goodness, thanks for telling me that right, right before. Do you have a I plus 12? Roll. It's Yeah, I'm rolling pretty good. I'm rolling pretty good here. Natural 15. That's a 27 to hit. And damage. Coming in. 7 damage plus 1 point of fire damage. And you are grabbed. You now have the flat-footed condition for these claw attacks that are coming at you. All right. All right. All right. Natural 19. That is it. Let the bodies at the floor. 27 to hit. Oh, Drew would I'm love sweating. that song. I just <laughs> he, he, would. <laughs> he really would. That's how he vibes out at archery practice. Yeah. Yes. I, I am sorry. That is going to be seven points of damage plus Ooh. one fire. So that is 16 points of damage all day. Rolling the second claw attack. Oh, and you are flat-footed, which means <laughs> it takes another 1d4 precision. Three more points of damage from that claw attack. And rolling the second claw, 18 to hit. That is a miss. Right. Final action. See if we roll a natural 20. We didn't. We rolled a natural 19, and that is a miss. It is a 19 to hit. It is a 19 to hit. Yeah, that's a miss. That was the smoldering leopard's turn, doing some serious damage to Andruk there. Andruk, you are still grabbed. Is the end of round six, the top of round seven. Two of our heroes are down, but stable. Leighton, what can you do about this? Well, I can't get a roll to save my life, so I'm going to the D202020, my most cursed die that I bought in the worst yes. year. And we're going to see if it inverts the luck. Um, natural fucking 20. No yeah. shit. I am yeah. kidding you right now. Yeah. Natural fucking 20 with the spear. <laughs> Layton calls on anger for the first time. And is just like, fuck this. And stabs down. That is a crit. Love to hear it. And that is going to be nine points of damage because I have a zero strength. Uh, Nine (laughs) points of damage. It is grabbed. It's all up on Andruk. Claw, 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 claw. You see an opening. Lunge in with your spear. Hit a vital area. Nine points of damage. Hit it right in the pecker. Nice work. that (laughs) That is big damage against this leopard right now. It looks like it is not doing well. Eugene is down. Spend is down. The professor, it's your turn. That you was have... one action. Oh my God, it is still your turn. <laughs> Go ahead, take your actions. Um, I mean, anything from here is uh, fucking icing at this point. Um, but Natty 17 Ooh. is still going to miss because it's a plus five minus five. So it's a 17. That's true. That is true. Bummer. <laughs> Uh, so the third one is totally pointless. Um, oh, whatever. And so the third one, natural 20? No, natural 18. Hey, actually, oh, well. give me give me, give me, me one second. It looks like I do not also take that penalty to my AC. If anybody knows different in 2E, please feel free to write in. But as it is, no, that does not hit. Yep. 
one glorious moment. And that's my turn. All right, that's your turn for real this time, Leighton. The professor, you're up. What you got? We're slinging him. I'm gonna be honest, <laughs> I'm gonna tell you this right now. Rudy? Yeah. Its hit point threshold at the moment is within range of your sling. I'm due for a natural 20. Yeah, or a one. Don't you shut up, Sam. How about that? <laughs> no, got him. Oh man, got him hard. Oh, and I guess. He's walking away. He's oh done. no, he's doing a victory lap. It's a victory lap. Natty 20, boys! Yes. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> LFG. Let's go. There you go. There back you to go. max. If you don't count. Max damage, so that's 10 points of bludgeoning damage. What? Concealment for both of us. Oh. I wouldn't keep bringing it up if we weren't, you know. Ignoring it all the other time? No, no, no. Go ahead, Cole. DC5 flat check. DC5 flat check. Cole. Seven. Seven. You got it. Seven. Oh, my God. Lucky number seven. Thank you, Cole. And that makes this honest. And I bet it feels even better as you put the smoldering leopard down. Yes, spellcasters, back to back. (laughs) Yeah, so so after after Leighton does his damage, the professor twirls his stone and just, and as he's about to twirl it, trips, falling forward, projecting the stone exactly where it needs to go, straight through the leopard's forehead. Ding! And the leopard falls down. Incredible. Oh Oh my god. (laughs) Holy cow. So the question is, do you guys have a way of getting Sven and Eugene back up before the natural 10 minutes has passed? Not really. I think that we're going to pay close attention. Okay. So fast forward 10 minutes. Going to be so careful, though. Eugene are back up at one hit point. What's the plan? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, good buddy. How are you feeling? Oh. Yeah. I there. hate to zoos. This was a tough one for us. Indeed, I think we could all use a rest. There must be some way to lock this paddock from the inside. Uh, uh, rooting around here, looking for something to... I can brace it with my lifeless body. No, no, <laughs> no, you've done voice. enough bracing. I'm fine. <laughs> so you all are moving into the animal enclosure, it looks like. Yes. Dragging Sven by his ankles. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna set up camp in the little trough that separates, you know, where the kids look at the animals and stuff. Can we Okay, like- so you guys you guys are you guys are deciding to set up camp in here. Door that you can defend. Can we just poke around a little bit uh, in the corners before we lay into bed? No, yeah, certainly, sure. Certainly. Sure, Marvelous. give me some perception checks. Natural one. Twenty six. Fifteen. Twenty seven, excuse Eight. me. Uh, with a a 27 you poke around in all the enclosures maybe you find some old bones that were not on when these were mundane leopards you don't find anything alarming in the enclosure or cool you also don't find anything cool there well um how do we feel about passing the time in the grass here maybe doing a little bit of more mundane healing i'm afraid i'm tapped for the day and taking a rest yeah Yeah, yeah. and and it's it's pretty late in the day i mean this day started with the Abrakandilu fight in the library. Incredible. Right? So you you guys have you guys Spent have 
fought and healed for like an amount of time a couple times today. So, you know, resting right now, I'm not I'm not going to bust your chops about it. You do have some more time before bed. It sounds like you want to use that to do mundane like bed resty healing. Makes sense. Secure the doors. Yes, yeah, some... are, are those trees or are those bushes on the on the map? Sorry. No, and I the... understand what you're asking me. I I'll just be honest. I I never really thought about it. Okay, I'm gonna assume what do, trees. What do you think? They and, are? and yeah, can can I take a take my rope and ask if anyone else has a rope? Does anyone else have rope? And You're gonna hang your food, make sure the leopards don't come back. <laughs> I want to tie the instead of locking us into this cage. I want to instead just tie it shut and then t- like string it around the tree, essentially to to create like a a, oh. a way to close, like keep the door closed without having to to lock us in, like through and around the fence and yeah, then tie right, off that. Exactly. Key. That's right. awesome. Yeah, absolutely. I understand that. I dig it. You can do that. Okay. And it is easier because they are trees and not bushes. Great. I think before Fantastic, you do that. We'll we'll do the healing off air. Uh, but Morgan, what were you saying? I think Eugene just wants to check out the body of the uh, fire leopard before he passes out. Does he find anything? What are you trying to, to determine as you look? Like what, what do you want to roll on your check there? Nature. Yeah, roll nature. Uh, 27. 27. So Looking at this smoldering leopard with a nature check, your eyes are drawn both to all of the things that remain natural about it, right? It is still quadrupedal. And some of the more fiendish aspects have calmed down, right? There's, it, does no, it no longer has a cloud of ash and ember around it. The fires that were a part of its bite have been quenched. So you're looking at a leopard that has clearly been altered by some type of magic and given what you've seen so far it's ritual magic it's something akin to what was done to that blood wolf and eugene is pretty sure that with some of those older symbols that were drawn in the circle in the room at the far end of the hall you could create a smoldering leopard in that space okay cool there's something that Leighton would like to ask the professor before we go to bed. All out. I appreciate that. So the professor's laying out his little bedroll here, switching into his uh, nightgown and cap. Night yeah, does he have like a long triangular Scrooge cap? Oh, for sure, dude. Awesome. <laughs> um, so Leighton has uh, like a pair of vertically striped traveler's canvas pajamas. And I use the words canvas specifically. They're extremely mm-hmm. durable and not comfortable. Mm-hmm. And he kind of creeps up behind you, Professor, and says, Excuse me, Professor? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, what? 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 Oh, yes, Leighton. Yes. Ah, I didn't see you there. Yeah. Do you have a moment b- before you um, tuck in, but after you eat your last meal? Uh, certainly, certainly. But, uh, you know, uh, last meals won't last forever, so uh, get to it. Wonderful. Um, I've noticed on several occasions of particular success of yours that uh, yeah. you've simultaneously injured yourself in some way. Ah, uh, yes, yes. Is it luck or the opposite? Ah, my, my, what a question, Leighton. Well, um, 
I suppose when you're someone like me who has dabbled in the secretive occult arts, the uh, mystical arcane fires that surge and pulse throughout the universe, uh, you are bound to absorb and take hold uh, certain energies. Uh, Some of these may be positive, and some of them not so much. Remember, there are far bigger things in this universe than us, and most of them have a, well... Let's just say a um, interesting sense of humor. I imagine that somewhere out there, a some being or other is chuckling whenever I take a pratfall, and perhaps that uh, delight leads to my um, unwitting luck, you might say. Interesting. But then again, what do I know? <laughs> well, the more about yourself than I do, at the very least, I suppose. Oh, certainly, certainly. I know that our power comes from uh, very different places, but you seem to accept yours somewhat more readily than I do, and I was curious if this was something you saw as a boon or a bane. Uh, no. No, I don't see it as one way or the other. Sometimes I'm just a clumsy old hobbit, you understand. There are times, though, where I do think that I am jinxed, and, uh, as it is, I don't have the sort of normal halfling luck that uh, most of my kind has. Uh, in fact, I tend to be a bit more unlucky more often than not. But I take it all in stride, or stumble, as the case may be, Leighton. I find that when it comes to charismatic magic powers, it's best to not ask too many questions. He kind of taps Leighton on the arm and pulls out his tuna sandwich he's been waiting to eat all day long, and... <laughs> Starts chomping on it. <laughs> and Leighton responds. Can I help you with anything else, my boy? No. I oh, know okay. how important yeah. this is to you, and I wouldn't infringe on the time. Oh, Thank no, you, no, Professor. No, no, no. Not at all, not at all. Be sure to... No, 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 no. no. If you need anything, just <laughs> give me a poke. No, 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 Certainly. No, no, no. A napkin. Anyone have a napkin? Hero points to both of you. Well, oh, well thank played. you. Well role played. Nice goal. Thank you, Rudy. Anything else before bedtime? So much healing. <laughs> so right. much healing, indeed. I so welcome death. Beyond that, is there anything that people <laughs> yeah. want to do? Sven jokes out his own blood in his. Swallowing <laughs> <laughs> his tongue. <laughs> ah, the internal bleeding. Battle medicine does not for that. <laughs> One healing point. It doesn't mean he's not really fucked up still. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he is death door. So Sven is tired, I think. Maybe we should all just turn him. Yeah, it sounds yeah. pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> all right. You go to bed and the night passes without incident. You wake up. You're all fully healed. What's on the docket? What do you think you're going to do? Take a dip in the pool? The corner of the smoldering leopard cage? <laughs> Something else? You're on vacation. You don't have to do anything you don't want to. As I greeted death and kissed her on her sweet lips, I remembered that there's a hallway to the south of us that we didn't check out. Maybe we check out that hallway. We've also got that key. Now we don't know what it's for. Perhaps something in that hallway. Incredible. It didn't even break his train of thought. Very singular mindset am I. (laughs) And you can get there almost exclusively with left turns. Fuck off. Excellent. Uh, Sam, can I do a recall knowledge to remember what the inscription on the the big doors was? The inscription or the voice that boomed out? 
or the voice that boomed out. Sorry. No worries. It said, Corruption has shut this door, but that cannot keep us out. Cleanse these halls of the corrupted that infest it, and we will open this door for you. Or if you are one of the chosen of the wind and waves, then you may enter. Yeah. All right. What is this key for? Let's find out. Is the only thing we haven't killed the ghouls in the graveyard? Oh my god, are we going to have to kill those guys too? I don't know, is the crypt a part of the hermitage, an auxiliary part? Like, how nitpicky is Gozra? Or That's a great question. Or GM. Who is Gozra in this instance? Yeah, I am the Pantheon. <laughs> I'll roll knowledge religion. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, is knowledge religion just Gozra? knowledge GM? That yeah, skill is broken! <laughs> What do you want to do? Uh, I'm cool. I'm well, cool with the southern. And 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 like, look, I'm gonna put this. Way. I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you this. As uh, Cole, you gave me this advice in the first campaign that you ran that I was in when I would struggle with a player decision about what was the best thing to do. You would ask me, "What would your character? What would Rogar do?" And it always became easier to decide what to do. So I I put that to y'all. What would Sven, Andrew, Leighton, the professor, and Eugene want to do in this moment? Sven would want to check all the corners of the, the current ground plan that they know. And then mm-hmm. once that's settled, see if anything had changed with the big doors. They had then cleared everything by the call of it. Yeah, absolutely. I think Druk's mental state is like really rapidly deteriorating. We spent like a day and a half, two days almost in this in this place looking for his friend and he's going crazy. Mm-hmm. He understands the need to take it slow and to protect ourselves, but like this is really dis- dis- like disturbing to him. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I think Leighton's with Sven here, like just very process oriented. He is afraid of what this building represents about his curse and just wants to let it keep washing over him without thinking about it too much. So he's super mission-oriented right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, if we're talking about what people would want to do, I think the professor would also take part in the, you know, scaling the perimeter thing, and he might wander back to that uh, summoning circle and taking a second look at it. So the professor has wandered off after breakfast into another room while you all decide what to do for the day. Eugene, do you have any strong Oh, opinion? I'm not even gonna... God damn it, Sam... <laughs> Justify that with a response. I'm not, even, I'm not even gonna fuck, man. I think Eugene's in a go with the flow kind of mood. Yeah. Heard. So it sounds like we got two votes for. No, oh, I mean, I, for progressing further, I'd vote for the hallway. I felt it sounded like we were talking about what we were doing right now in this moment in this room. Got it. Got it. Got it. I mean, I was trying to figure out where the day was headed, and it sounds like the day is headed down south to that dark section of the map. Are you headed there taking left-hand turns or taking right-hand turns? All right. Okay. Well, this is the stuff the listeners want. <laughs> okay. We can do a solid mix of lefts and rights, guys. How about that? Uh-oh. That's a really bad way to go in a circle. Basically, I'm asking, are you approaching from the east or the west? If we approach from the east, we get to approach with the most left turns. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Let's max out the left turns for the listeners' okay. sake. Max Maxing left turns. turns. All right, yes. get yourselves in position. 
I believe that if Andruk's friend is indeed still in this hermitage, much more likely to be uh, further in than out near the crypt. She's much more likely to be further in than okay. further out. All right, I'm done, dude. <laughs> <laughs> um, you go from getting a hero point to just getting mocked by your audience. This isn't show business in a nutshell. Holy cow. Yeah. Really, we hide most of the fan mail, dude. Keep those cards and letters coming in. Yeah, that's why you haven't seen any. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a letter here from James Rodrigo from U-Turn, Wyoming. James asks... <laughs> Sven, you get down to the end of that hallway. It's a drawing of the party. Down to the south. <laughs> Not very good. Keep, keep working at it, James. Not very good. Yeah, can we put that up on the screen? Look at yeah, that. There it let's is. Throw that up on this. Oh, 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 oh. Whoops. Whoops. <laughs> well, that's an drawing of the team. Meant <laughs> 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 to delete uh, the browser history. Everyone has a has a cop. Okay. My goodness, right. I've never. <laughs> They're searched all hanging for that. dong. Oh shit. <laughs> Down in the southeastern corner of the map, you are looking at what appears to be one of the final sections of unrevealed area. Sven, you get down there to that lantern, you look over to your west, and you see a doorway. The party seems to be arrayed behind you. Give me a perception check. Hmm? Seems to be. You can't be certain. Yeah. Uh, 20. 20. Fuck yeah. You've got your ear to the door, and from the other side, you hear... Just come out! You're being children! What do you want? An apology? I'm sorry your feelings got hurt. I was mad! Just come help me! And we'll learn more about that situation <laughs> next week. Yeah, I should think so. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Did we learn anything about it this week? Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's my best throw mama from the train actress voice. Yeah, really. Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> Movie on top of everybody's mind. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>